Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The Front Porch. My name is Michael Daniels, and I'm here with my good friend, Dennis Rogers. How's it going today, Dennis? Not too bad, Mike. Not too bad. Week treating you pretty good? Yeah, I mean, it's Monday, so not Monday, not Monday. that great, but... Mondays are awesome. We get podcast day. It's true. It's true. We're halfway through January already. That's crazy. Halfway? Jeez. Yep. My birthday's coming up. i got to pay attention to that. <laughs> oh, man. The... Uh, Today didn't feel like a Monday. It was really weird. We had for a lot of people. It's we're recording on uh, in America. It's um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Right, so right. it's it, I believe it's a national holiday, right? I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, I think so. So a lot of people are off work and a lot of stuff like that, and schools are out. Um, my daughter did not have her school out. She's in a charter school, so it's a little bit different. They have a different schedule. They did not have it off, hmm. so that threw me off altogether. Uh, I woke up this morning. And I was like, so, so you had the day off is what you're saying? Not really. I mean, not that, well, yes and no. That's kind of where this is going. Um, <laughs> I the, mean, uh, did you work today? You're, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping. Okay. Ahead. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So here's the deal. Um, it snowed here in Indiana, like a lot. I'm assuming yeah. it snowed a lot further up north even more. For right? sure. Yeah. Right. So it was, it was a lot here. There's, there's a ton of snow and it, and it was um, beautiful, but just thick big thick things of snow and it was mm -hmm. everywhere and we had had not even a week ago uh, layers of ice so it was pretty bad and treacherous um right so they called off school that was the thing is that she had my daughter had school and they called off school and i got the call early early this morning saying hey it's canceled um and unfortunately for her that means that she still has to do online stuff instead of not missing school like modern kid your old school kids used to do but anyway I was like, okay, great. Well, I'm just going to sleep in a little bit and then I'm going to take her to work because every time that she goes to school, it's odds that I have to go to work. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. So I got up and I, and we, and I have a, I have a, a Mustang, so it's not really like the best right. winter vehicle. You, you mentioned that last week. I don't know. Oh God, it's terrible. I mean, it's great. It's a great vehicle, but oh my God, it's just terrible in the snow. Oh yeah. So last week with the ice, it was just as bad. Right. Um, last Friday also I, we, I had off work and because of the ice, um, but I couldn't take another day off work. It'd just be like crazy. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go in and brave the snow and get through it. Um, it wasn't ice. So I could deal with the snow and just go really slow. Uh, we got up and we, let me tell you, it was slow and it was terrible. And there was no roads that were hardly plowed. There was, it was just bad. So we got all the way down to where I work like 20 minutes away, pulled in and there's nobody at work. I'm like, well, I'm sure everybody else took it off because that's smart. I could barely pull into my, my parking lot area. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I get inside and I was texting a friend and they were like, Oh, everybody off here is off work because of the holiday. Are you sure you don't have the holiday off? And sure enough, I'm supposed to have today off. <laughs> and I was in work. I'm not even was, supposed to be here. Today. I'm supposed to be here. And I'm in the worst vehicle to get out in. And I did. And, Oh, it was the worst thing ever. So, and then my daughter's like, you mean I could have slept in bed all day? <laughs> oh, so we, we came all the way back through the snow. It was pretty and it wasn't, we just went slow, but it, it was, was bad. There, it was an adventure. It's not, you know, it's, so I'm assuming it's even worse out there in the rural areas of Indiana where you're at, right? Well, I work from home, so I don't, uh, when the roads are like that, I don't go anywhere. That's smart. Smart. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of snow here. Were you, I don't remember if you were around or if you experienced this, I think the winter, may, maybe a year before I moved, there was a big freeze that came through. 
I'm sure you remember okay. this. Would have been okay. like winter of 13, maybe okay, 12. Sure. Okay. And I don't think anybody lost power, but it was like, whatever. It was enough of a, like, emergency crisis, quote unquote, situation that we ended up all going over to Trotsky's. Awesome. Like, un- completely unplanned. It was probably the middle of the week and, like, midnight, maybe 11 o'clock. Okay. Do you remember that at all? I don't remember if uh, you... Uh, I don't remember. It, it would have I been mean, a further drive for you than, than sure. anybody else. It was probably, like, me and Pat and maybe... I, I mean, know. I might have been over there that night. That would have been around the same time I was around there, so... Maybe Aaron, if he was still living with Pat sure. over there. Um, but we went over there and played games, and then I drove back at, like, three thirty, four in the morning, and it was just... The roads were covered with ice, but it was fine because there were no other cars. Because I was the only person crazy enough to be out driving at 4 a.m. on icy roads. Wow, that's that's not good. Yeah, I and mean, you lived down you lived downtown at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was just you know drive really slow. My Forever. car, my car is front wheel drive. So yeah. Mine's no rear wheel drive, so it's even worse. Yeah, that's it slides that's no everywhere. That, that's how I learned to drive up here in the in the rural snow area with like a pickup truck. Yeah, oh, jeez, spin around everywhere. Just, just spin out and get stuck at least three times every winter. I mean, sometimes it's good embracing that if you can find a nice parking lot and just go crazy in it. It's super fun. Sure, sure. I mean, but trying to go straight is not uh <laughs> Yeah, as long as you don't mind not going straight. I mean, I know on my way back, even making turns and then going for a while, you're 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 just kind of going cockeyed. You're <laughs> right. you're, di- you're diagonal while going straight. It's you're just kinda... you're just fighting the fishtail all the time. Yeah, which is it is what it is, especially even on the highways it was like that. Well, it's that's Indiana. It's I mean, it's it's nice to have uh January, good white snow. I mean, good and bad. Obviously, it's cold, it's freezing. It's you don't want to go out in it, but it's it is pretty. At least for the, at least for a week, it'll be that way until it all gets ice crystally and terrible and gross. Right. But um, I'd rather have the white snow and the white line trees and the you know a little bit of ice here and there hanging off of houses instead of the gray, brown, and horrible dirt color of no snow winters. You know, sure. Just everything's dead. And yeah, those gross. are last year was like that. And it was just not good at all. It was not very good. But anyway, I get to stay inside. I've been playing. Um, I downloaded two games, actually. And and my daughter and I started playing them. Um, Sydney, I played Don't Starve, which we've played before mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. It was but she's been wanting it. It's a it's a survival game, like a hardcore survival game. Yeah, I've what, heard of that one, but I've never played it myself. Is that what they call roguelikes? Is that what what it is where it's like one time you die, you're dead? I don't think so. Most of the time that I try to apply the roguelike label to a game, uh, our buddy Zahn tells me how wrong I am. (laughs) But, uh, you know, as I understand it, a roguelike is... See, I'm going to... I don't think I can even explain it. It's similar to the game Rogue. I think it's like hardcore mode, permadeath, but... You you you're supposed to play it over and over to try and get as far as you can get. Like you can't oh, okay. win it, but I don't know. 
Okay. Anyway, yeah, hardcore survival definitely are are labels as I understand it that apply to that game. Yeah, it's it definitely is. Um, it's I mean, you can die within the first tw- ten minutes of playing it, and it's over. You know, and then there's no second chances in in Don't Starve. It's mm-hmm. it's a very difficult kind of game, and it's not maybe roguelikes like a dark stalkers or not, or not dark stalkers, but a, uh, um, yeah, I think where you can just keep banging your head against the wall, but eventually you'll get it perfect and get through. But this one's not like that. This is that one little mistake. And then your entire day is from playing it is gone and you can't start again. And there's nothing recovering. There's no getting stuff. You just start right. clear over with a completely new randomly generated world. Um, I, I appreciated that for a while when I first had it. Um, I don't know what happened. I think it came with the PlayStation Plus at one point, and then they took it off. I, I don't know how that works, but it's the only game like that. But anyway, it disappeared out of my library. Let's put it that way. Okay. And 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 I played it, and it was okay. But when I found out there, there's, that it's there's no end to the game, it's just like survival is the point, right? And you can eventually build up, you know, bases and forts and get better at surviving and successful and build things, but that's about it. There's, there's never going to be a goal for me to go towards before besides just like making my terrible life. Sure. It's like, better. it's like Minecraft. No, but Minecraft, you can build things that are beautiful and amazing. And if you die, it's okay. Well, it sucks. And you could, there's a potential to lose things. Oh but, yeah. I mean, you do respawn. I guess there's that. Right. No, this one is that, you know, if you get through the castle and then a zombie comes or a creeper comes up and blows you up out of randomly when you didn't see him, game's over you just lost your entire world you know and you're like what and that's just how that is so anyway I, I i wasn't terrible terribly upset when it was gone out of my library um <laughs> but my daughter on the other hand was and she would constantly bring it up of all the games i've got i've right. literally got hundreds of games but she would be like i really want to play don't starve i'm not paying twenty dollars <laughs> for that game again um right so it was on sale for seven bucks and it was don't starve together, which is they, I guess they made an expansion where you can play two multiplayers at the same world and split screen. So I got it and we've been playing it and it's still just as hardcore and difficult as it was, but it's a, it's a little bit more fun um, playing it with somebody else and playing with my daughter and kind of having that good thing. Um, another one that I, that I bought was only $1.99, which is a steal for anyone else who's thinking about it right now. There's a game called fat princess adventures. Um, fat princess was a, I played the uh, first one. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a MOBA. Yeah. Right? It's like a team death match. Sort yes. of With QT kind of graphics type stuff. Right, yeah. Um, and it, it was, you know, you have to go get the, the, your princess back from the opposing castle and bring her back. And, um, it's, it's really great. Um, and it was fun, but the problem with it was on, it was on the, I know when I played it, it was on the PlayStation three. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's lacked from people playing it. Like you can't get in a match. Oh yeah. That's lame. Yeah. Or you're just playing the computer. So it was pretty lame. Um, so fat princess adventures is a, is an adventure game based in that kind of world and you can play the classes. And so it's a lot of themes from it, but it's a, you know, multiplayer, but you can play a single player game. That's got an adventure. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's very, it's, it's been very fun and a nice little light hearted kind of type thing. It's great with a great little funny story for dollar 99. You can't, can't beat that. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. What have you been playing lately? Um, yeah, let's stick with the 
stick with the video game topic. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. It's what I'm doing. <laughs> as as mentioned, I got um, I got ESO and uh, Uncharted Collection for the PS4. Um, I haven't plugged in Uncharted yet. I played both of those, so um, there's that. But I I did make a character in Elder Scrolls Online ESO. Um, I've sat down to play it twice and I don't know it's it's probably because I've been uh playing Star Trek online again which we'll we'll come back to but uh th- there are just things about MMOs that kind of bug me oh sure um, you know I I always thought when I was playing Skyrim that what the game really missed was for 12 other people running through the same cave as me, killing all the right. spiders before I could even get to them. Yeah, right. That's uh, that's fun times. You hated that, right? <laughs> it's just chaotic, and when I played Skyrim, I played a character that was very, like, pet-focused. Um, okay. I had the, had the companion person, whatever they're called, follower, mm. and... Um, and I had the spells that would summon the elemental things, whatever they're called. At- sure. At- Atronach or something. Yep, the Atronachs. And I had like a staff in each hand that also would summon. And so every time I was in a dungeon, I would just come around a corner, launch the little flame Atronach in the room, and everything would aggro. The stuff would start moving because the game is so dark. <laughs> like okay. like like literally dark i can't see anything okay and i don't know i don't remember being that annoyed by that when i played on my old tv on the ps3 yeah. but my new tv has some form of hdr and okay. so like it's just it's just all dark i'm like i can't even see this stuff until it starts hitting me there are no health bars or oh, that sucks or anything like that but anyway Turn up your gamma, man. With this new character, um, I wanted to make her more stealth focused. Okay. And Wait, this is a, this is in Skyrim or Elder Scrolls Online. Th- this is in ESO. Like I can't okay, separate right. the two because that's the only other Elder Scrolls game I've ever played. Okay. Was Skyrim. Right. Okay. So you're playing a stealthy Nightblade. Nightblade, yeah. Uh, w- one of the elf races. Yes. Okay, wood, so you're all married. Wood Elf, I want to say. Yeah, they're called, uh, I search the B, but I can't think of them right now. But they're, or, uh, or or maybe human. You know, I don't even remember now, which is. But, but you were in the a, Old Married Dominion. A, a bad a bad sign. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's this Nightblade thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to play with a bow. Okay, well, sure. playing with a bow in a game without auto targeting is super frustrating oh okay also i forgot that it's first person that's also kind of frustrating like you know it's you can do it third person i could take it out of third person but that kind of makes it worse (laughs) like now you know the 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 mod the mods mobs are running to the side and behind me and it's even harder to find because I got to spin the camera around. <laughs> Just a lot of a lot of frustration, and uh, and so I don't know. I don't know. I I also saw a dude with a little tiny 
woolly mammoth that's obviously some kind of pet like a, a pet right and i was like uh these mmos like i have a love-hate <laughs> relationship with mmos like right it's that's the cash store right there i, I don't i don't know if this is true but i have a feeling that there's no such thing as an immersive mmo uh i thought i thought that uh star wars galaxy star wars galaxy and the star wars the republic. republic one that that one had uh periods of it where you because it was such a there was such a solar solo single player game in it that it you know it zoomed in it had mm. cinematic moments throughout you know dungeons and the flashpoints were very story driven and your characters were even in a group were all talking to people taking turns and you really did feel like you were in it but then once you were done with that mission all of a sudden you're out and all of a sudden there's 50 people killing random bugs and then you're right. out of it again right, right. It's just something to do with the nature of what these games are. And I'm sure if our friends were the kind of people who played MMOs, we would get listener email naming some game that that I never tried. I mean, I've tried at least a dozen MMOs besides World of Warcraft and uh, these two that I just mentioned. Right. Well, they're, they're... And they're really, you know, they have a lot of variation, but for the most part they're all the same but but that you know what that that is the the biggest problem not problem don't say that was the biggest critique that everyone gave that star wars game they they their their uh reply was almost unequivocally um it's a great single player game right i mean because what their idea of a massively multiplayer online game is that there's people running around killing things all over the place and there's jedi or there's you know swords and sorcerers and wizards and they're just shooting bears and birds and everything while you're walking down the street. So, and and I'm not saying that like that the, that the immersiveness metric is the end all be all. Like there were a lot of things about um, black desert online that I found immersive. Like the, the character design was really beautiful and the graphics were all really nice. It had the pop in problem, which is hard to get away from yeah in an mmo uh uh engine but you know there were moments where i could feel immersed in the in the playing but that's not that's not necessarily what it has to be i just think the 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 style of like the first person no targeting the like swinging the sword around actually trying to hit stuff like feels like it should be more immersive. Like it should be more like shadow of war and less like world of Warcraft. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, what one game that really tried to do that immersion world breathing thing, which actually was the, the biggest draw to me to for it for me was, is uh guild wars two. Hmm. They, they really tried you know, you walk up to an area and a thing starts just for you type thing. And it's, you're in a different kind of little right, instance. Right. Like, I remember phasing type stuff they did. Yeah. They and, were kind of early in the, like now, now wow is doing a lot of that kind of phasing scaling uh, stuff where, where two people can be in the same area doing the same thing. And it's, it is difficult relative to their level. Right. Right. Um, hey, I will say that's something that I like about, 
Elder Scrolls. I mean, levels don't matter. I mean, at all. I it's, wondered about that because I could see people around me. So to, to, to wrap up the people annoy me point that I was <laughs> making about it, um, I, I was doing this quest <laughs> where I'm supposed to... I don't even remember now. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to get a gem for a guy, and I can okay. tell that the guy is shady, but I don't have any other conversation choices. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so I have to go into this cave that is full of mobs. Some of them are little dudes with a sword, and some of them are witches that are going to throw fire at me. Sure. And the the exit wherever I'm supposed to go is somewhere up. And okay. nothing in the interface helps me find where I'm supposed to go. So I'm running around, in, not in literal circles, but like I'm going in a big loop through this cave, this very dark cave, fighting and or aggroing stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, where, where am I supposed to go? What? How do I get up to wherever the door or whatever it is? Sure. And all I've got is a little compass thing. And eventually I die. It's the first time I died. And I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm done with this game. <laughs> I'm like, what do I what do I want to do? Like I'm reading the screen, trying to figure out whether resurrecting where I am is gonna use up my one free store item, you know, like free to play games do. Right. Right? They're like, here's this thing. It lets you res where you are. You get one for free, and after that, they're a dollar. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Um, but instead, somebody offers to res me, some random person. Okay. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, that was nice. And then yeah. I see that he's killing stuff. His character looks similar to mine, like he's dual wielding. He's killing stuff much faster than I am. And there's a dude following him with a bow. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to follow these guys. Just see where they're going. And then they sort of lead me through most of the rest of that quest. Yeah, I I Um, had that happen to me a lot in that game, actually. And and so that's the that's a sort of opposite. That's the that's the pro side of having a game full of obnoxious players. Obnoxious, not necessarily the players, but just the fact that the cave is filled with other people making your stealth focus completely pointless right uh yeah, does, ha- it, it, does have an upside yeah the, the you, i remember you just listening you say things like um and i this isn't the first time i heard it i had another friend who plays the game say the same is that you know people will go and kill the thing i want to kill um but that game does i actually my experience with it has always been that that game bends over backwards to make sure that that it's a, that doesn't affect you too terribly. As long as, I mean, if, as long as you have an area effect spell on your bar or ability or whatever, you, you can, can tag stuff. Yeah. yeah you just tag and, it. And all you gotta do is just tag it once. And then some dude, Huber, Uber level guy will come up and kill it. And you're like, Oh, thanks. And it's not credit. like, it's not like the early days of wow, where they had mob tagging and, you know, I was worried about people killing my or tagging all my stuff that I need for the quest. Right. It's like in that first, that first quest, I had to just get to a certain point in this cave or workshop or whatever it was. And, you know, it was actually easier because people were killing the stuff that was maybe going to aggro me or get in my way. Like, it wasn't annoying from a game gameplay standpoint. It just meant that, like, 
you know like i said i i was gonna do a stealth focused character and yeah there's no point in that with all this chaos i'm like maybe i should re-roll and just get a normal fighter type guy with an axe and just go in swinging like that would right that would lend itself more to this experience yeah i guess you're right that it's it's not as i mean that's a really good point because while a game like like uh, Skyrim, you can do anything you want. And that's kind of what Elder Scrolls have always been, is that you can take these adventures on and in a different way you want it to be. And I know that Elder Scrolls ESO, ESO tries to, to do that, but it's not quite as good at that. Um, I will say, though, at um, with some of their DLC, they've tried to address it mm-hmm. on some things. And and they specifically they try to address it with what you're talking about. Like there are some classes that are meant to be like single target, very like the stealth, those kind of things. And instead of trying to change their, you know, take that mechanic out and change their mechanic, they just gave them content that that uh, appeals and is mainly made for them. Um, and I'm speaking in this one. There's an assassination DLC you get. It's a whole storyline about being mm-hmm. an assassin and joining the Assassin's Guild. And there's a whole new area that you can, you know, world type thing that you can download. Um, and I, I don't like playing it with my sorcerer. It's just not the same. It's it's like a lot of solo go and kill a guy and sneak into a, mm. a, a big, huge right. fortress and then, you know, assassinate a guy. And when I get in there, there's might be some fighting for me. But it's, you know, if I was an assassin, that'd be great. Um, but I'm not a so I'm not so solo like that. I kind of built that character around all the stuff the game is. Um, now that being said, I do have a Nightblade that's a, a stealthy rogue, and I never play her because for the reasons you're describing. It's like I, I I can go up and it's really cool when I can play by myself and I go up and like teleport, stealth, kill, ninja, invisible <laughs> afterwards, and like I, I nuke it. It's awesome. But that's just that's way rarer than what everybody else is doing around me. Um, but being able to play. Um, that assassin one all of a sudden i feel like a crazy cool badass assassin who's evil right. and you know and also there's they the coolest thing about that one actually i liked is that they had a mechanic um it's actually an ability that if you actually near the beginning of the storyline of that dlc um if you join the assassin's guild early early on uh the first thing you get is like assassinate commoner or something and you can assassinate anyone like any npc in the game all the guards <laughs> all the stuff you have to like stealth up behind them and nobody see it. And there's a whole new mechanic with like seeing them, people seeing you or noticing you and, and stuff like that. But man, is it cool? Like sneaking behind buildings and then a, you know, there's a, a barmaid or something and nobody's watching and like, Hoo-ah! and you just take them and take their stuff. It's really awesome. Um, nice. So, so anyway, uh, yeah, you're right. That they, they, that's not made. That's a very MMO thing is that, you know, sometimes MMOs are made to be played like they want you to play it instead of how yeah, you and want so, to play it. Uh, again, a lot of that is probably me. Like I, 98% of my MMO experience is on the PC and equally 90 plus percent of my PlayStation playing experience is single player. Um, I did play, uh, what's the DC, DC universe online? Yeah, right. Yeah. Just a little bit. But I played it on the PC first, so even that wasn't really that much of uh, that much of that experience. But so I think most of that is me 
approaching the game with the wrong perspective wrong right. expectation the uh yeah and and maybe if, like you said if you picked a different class i hate to say that because um but you you might you might have a different experience i know that um my people generally do have that's the one class that's the more harder or skill-based class than the rest of them are hmm. um yeah I, so i, I probably I, w- I probably just need to pre-roll right <laughs> right um I, or, I will say or sometime sometime when you're on and make you re-roll oh, yeah, character yeah. or something that'd be totally cool uh, i will say to my point on that game we were kind of talking a little bit off- offline here with that um i've i've played now i've played three characters up to max level right and and i don't really play a lot of characters up to max level in mmos i will dedicate one and i'll pick one and i'll i'll play a, a wide breadth of characters at the beginning of an mmo and then i'll find the one i like the most and then i just focus um i, I almost i always have that syndrome of every time minute that i'm not playing that character i'm on i'm playing something else i'm wasting time that i could be playing on the other one hmm. uh, so it's just my own mental thing so i do focus but this but this game I, I kind of, with my lead character, I did what I wanted to do. And then when I came back like a year or two later, um, I decided to play other ones and I didn't want to go through the story um, or the main story. And I discovered dungeons. So ESO has this thing where it's a, you know, it's a random dungeon person. Like you are, what's it called? A dungeon finder. So oh, it sure, a- sure. automatically groups you. Yeah. Um, and, and I, unlike some people who are, I don't know, want to complain about everything in games. I like random dungeon, you know, finders in MMOs. I love them. I think that they're great. Yeah, they don't work out. People drop out. There's issues all the time. And tanks and healers are always the most demand. And DPS have hard times getting in them. But it's still great. It's something that I could, I could yeah, not do the, all the time. The ran, ran, I mean, that's a that's a whole topic. but Right. But so this, this has that too. Um, but the difference is that... Um, ESO only they're only four player groups so it's only four people Mm. you know it's not that that big of a thing and you can get in relatively quickly um so and you can do a whole dungeon and they've got different tiers of dungeons so that you know they're not difficult and as I think there's got to be at least 30 different dungeons maybe um and they get increasingly in in different you can pick the easier ones as you start going get nice gear pretty easily and quickly and i guess gear out of the dungeons you know and go to the next dungeons they're not necessarily required to have better gear but you know you that's how you can get your own little gear progression as you level um and through just random dungeon pickups uh and really if you get people who don't know what they're doing until you're level 45 it, it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter. It's, I mean, you can, I know that my friend and I who play and they heal, uh, she heals and I, and I will tank or I will DPS. Uh, we're sleeping through most of it. It's so easy. <laughs> right. uh, now when you hit, when you hit level 45, then you can open up veteran dungeons. And that's actually when it becomes like, wow, type raids where there's mechanics and stuff. Um, and it does a whole different tier thing where at the begin now those beginning level dungeons you play again have mechanics to them. They're not impossible, and they definitely only have like one or two mechanics that you have to pay attention to. But they they slowly introduce you to hey, guess what? The red stuff on the ground that's not good to stand in. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's 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 not that's the only thing in this one dungeon that matters. So you figure that out. And then the next dungeon up out of the 30 is, you know, there's, oh, there's red stuff. And by the way, these guys need tanked, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it, it's just, 
I really love that. And the best part about ESO with that is that, like I said, levels don't matter. We talked about it earlier. Levels don't matter. Um, I, I think it's just everything is scale. I don't really know the math behind it all, but um, someone, I think the better gear gets you just a little higher on the scale. Um, okay. Let me try to describe it this way. If it's a scale of one to 10 and I have a, a, a wooden sword or at level one, um, it's broken wooden sword. Okay. So I go up and, and hit a monster. I'm going to do one. It has, you know, 10 hit points. We'll say I'm going to do one point of damage on average. Now I could go to town and buy a, um, a sword that's just called sword and it does five points of damage. So it's going to do the medium. It's going to do the medium damage. That's, that's, that's going to be that way. Now let's say I'm level 60. And I go in and attack it with a sword that I have. It's a level 60 sword, but it's just like a very basic gray quality sword. I'm still only going to do, let's say, two points of damage to it. I'm going to do a little bit more than that level one guy, but I still, it's a cruddy sword for my level. It's terrible and I'm outleveled it. So I'm doing low damage. So the guy who is, who is um, level one with medium quality gear is going to do better than the level 60 attacking that spider who has poor quality gear. Hmm. But if he has high quality gear, he will trounce that thing in one shot. Right. Right. So it's all relative kind of type thing. And I don't know how they do that, but it does. And leveling is more about unlocking your abilities and upgrading your abilities than actually, you know, becoming necessarily more powerful. Yeah. I got just far enough to see how some of that works and how, you know, just like in Skyrim, there's, you know, everything has a has a level skill, which is something they did in Black Desert. It's very uh, Japanese, Asian kind, yeah. of, kind of thing to do where, you know, now you've got a new kind of weapon. And unlike WoW, where your weapon, the weapon you can use is determined by your class, you could use any, you could wield any kind of weapon, but you might not have any skill in it. Yeah. And, and actually and- WoW used to do that. I mean, that makes it, that makes it really, really, really flexible. And that, and that, uh, you know, I could playing ESO, you can, if you want to be like, I want to be a restoration healer. Okay. Well, that's fine, but you're going to get your restoration completely maxed out by level 20. And you're a great healer. Now you're a completely satisfactory healer in all respects with all the things you've unlocked, Mm -hmm. but there's like 50 other things that you can do to enhance different ways and play styles and add to your play styles. And now you can do some DPS as well and start working on that part of it. Um, and add to your, there's other healing techniques with different classes that you could pick up. So it's just like a bunch of variety and making your different builds as you level. Um, so which makes it brings you back to the point of dungeon crawling. Um, once you hit level 10, you can start, random you know queuing for random dungeons mm-hmm. and and i can queue people who are who are max level it's totally fine and everyone is going in the same queue type thing okay. um and sure i'm gonna have all of my best healing abilities unlocked as healer but i'll have an adequate enough one now if they would get in a group with somebody who has you know focused on all the healing and he's level 60 and he's got everything then sure he'll be a little bit better sure um but i can totally adequately heal a level 60 character at level 10. Hmm. And so now the, the queue is not dependent on a range. You know, you have to be like level five, yeah. you know, seven to 12 or whatever. And it's a very unique thing with a small dungeon. This dungeon is level only this to this. It's not like that at all. Dungeons are skill-based, you know, how, how, how harder, the more and more difficult they get. They're not, hmm. 
they're not based on level. Um, so what we what happens is that I can get on with let's say you you hit level ten you and I with my max character can absolutely go dungeon crawling, and right off the bat and you can start playing that mechanic of playing a dungeon, you know as opposed to running through open world stuff, right? Um, and and that's been a really fun experience for me in the last in the last I don't know two months or three months or whatever, um, is that I can get on with my friend we can queue for a dungeon. And one of us usually plays either a tank or a healer because that's an instant. You instantly get in a group. Right, right. And Standard. like like all MOs, right. And so we just get on and it gets, we don't even have to like do any quests or anything. And it gives great experience points, great items. I mean, we just played, I've leveled these other two characters up completely on dungeoning and then nothing else. And it's been so much fun um, because that's a, just a different play style and, you know, you don't have to and. I don't know. That's something I, I really like about the game is that I can play it in short bursts, I guess, mm. without having to be overwhelmed with all the stuff. Yeah, um, I can see that. Anyway, so you played Star Trek Online, though. So I played that in beta. Yeah, I, and and that's probably when I played it, too. I played it back in 2010, I think, 2011, maybe. No. Mm. Yeah, 2010, I believe. Not important. Um, <laughs> And just recently, with with all of our talking about Star Trek, and I've been going back and watching some of the shows that I that I missed or or skipped intentionally years ago. Um, I was like, you know what? I still have this in Steam. It's free to play now. Uh, you know, it was a subscription back in the early days. I'm Wait, gonna... is it's, is it free to play? Yeah, I mean, so, so what's what's their what's their uh, business model here? Oh man! I mean, what, is it is it is it DLC? It's, is it? It's uh, it's not great. So <laughs> okay, uh, depending on the current whatever season or something, uh, you'll randomly get boxes that drop, and the boxes need to be unlocked with a key. Okay, and you buy, and you buy those keys with money. Oh, I don't like that at all. No, no, it's terrible. Um, uh, um, alternately, Neverwinter had that. Ugh. Alternately, yeah, there, there's a lot of weird currency soup going on. But I've I've been slowly trying to figure it out. So the cash currency is something called Zen, and you can buy Zen with money. You can also buy Zen in game from other players. So it has that like like WoW has a token. Or um, I think EVE Online was one of the first games to do this, where in their case, they were just selling subscription time. So you could sort of convert one to the other. It's a real money sort of thing. So quests and various other things give you uh, Dilithium, which is not a currency. I mean, you can use it for certain things in game but most of the things that you buy in game use energy credits okay which is like um like if you watched voyager there's no money in star trek so instead they 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 traded in replicator rations right okay yes and, right. and that's that's sort of what energy credits are. Like, okay. if you have stuff in your inventory you don't want, you can recycle it, and that turns it into energy credits. 
Okay. But quests will give you dilithium, and it's and it's raw dilithium, like dilithium ore. You can convert that into refined dilithium just with a button in your inventory panel. But you're capped at 8,000 a day, which I assume is some kind of f- farmer, uh, uh, whatever. It's a, a way to fight, like, gold farmers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, sure. right. Cap and then you can use refined dilithium to buy Zen from players. So Zen, Zen is the is the, the Zen is the real the real money currency. Okay. So, um, and it's it's fixed at a minimum of twenty five dilithium to one Zen, and and one Zen is like a penny. Right, a hundred is like a dollar. And so it's this real convoluted system. Like that's the minimum, but the the going rate when I looked at it was more like. 280 dilithium to one zen and so like if you could sell all if you got the max dilithium for the day and then used it to buy um used it to buy zen you could get like maybe 75 cents worth (laughs) or something like it's really slow so if you if you want you can actually buy everything without spending money. You can go full free to play. And I think you have sure. to buy the I think there's an initial uh game cost. I don't know because I was a subscriber for a month way back seven, eight years ago. And so I have access to some like collector's edition stuff and whatnot in my account. Um, but I don't know. I haven't played it enough to really care too much about that stuff, except that I love all the original series stuff, and most of that is premium in some way. Um, I did get... I started out just with a new account, because my old account, the the company that owns the game has changed like three or four times since I last played. Yeah. And so I couldn't log into my old account at all. Um, So I just created a new account and played for a day or two. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my, see if I can get my old account restored. So I dug into my emails and found the original email address and the original order ID and put in a, put in a support ticket. Um, Got that done. It took like almost a full day, but it was fine. I wasn't in a huge yank or anything. Um, and so I got access to some of my old stuff. I apparently either bought or had access to the original series costume pack, uniform pack, which, which was cool. Nice. Right. Um, nice to come back and say, Oh, I got something. Yeah. I still have like, I have a lot of old, old stuff, but the, the most amusing thing to me was seeing what I named all of my stuff seven years ago. Um, and i posted that in one of our group chats because in this game you have your main character who is a captain then you have a ship and you have bridge officers um the number of bridge officers you have depends on what ship you have um you start out you start out just you and then your first like five quests each give you they introduce you to somebody who's like Hey, I want to join your crew, you know. 
and you have the opportunity to rename all of those. Yes. And so my characters, I had a Federation character with a ship and a crew, and I had a Klingon character with a ship and a crew. And this is making me want to play it all again. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of those characters, like my, my character, the, the main character was some variation of Drake, like I always do. But my ships and bridge officers were all names from the Wheel of Time. Okay. Which makes sense. I was really into that <laughs> uh, around around that time. I mean, the, the series finished, the last book I think came out in like t- 2012. Um, and so it was, it was getting close to ramping up, but it was still a couple years before that. And yeah, but anyway... That game, it sort of has the opposite problem that I complained about in ESO. Um, Not necessarily that that's bad, but so far, the way it seems to work is you get a mission from Starfleet Command. You fly to a sector, and there are three levels of the, the world, the game, I guess, whatever. Yeah. The top level is um, what they call sector space. It's sort of like being in warp, except you don't actually have to move. Which, <laughs> okay. Which is a little strange, but I don't know how else they would do it. Um, okay. That's warp speed, and from there you can auto-path to your quest destination, or any system that you can find on the map. Um, and then... When you, quote-unquote, drop out of warp, you enter sector space, which is sort of like orbit, except you don't actually physically orbit the planets. You just fly around in the system. Okay. Um, And that's where you do ship combat. Right. uh, Which is all sort of like you control the speed, and then you aim, and you've got weapons with targeting arcs. So if you're if you have four forward and rear phasers that both have really wide targeting arcs, like uh, the Enterprise D had beam uh, phaser arrays, was like a was like a circle around the saucer. Yeah. Um, if you have both of those and you go broadside to another ship, you can actually shoot them with your forward and rear phasers at the same time. Right. And you have shields uh, on the four sides, and it's sort of two-dimensional, but it still fits in three-dimensional space. Okay. Um, so anyway, I, mean, I, that's, I love that about that game. I, that's I the second that was... level, and then the third level is ground level, where you run around as a as a person with your with your bridge officers or your away team. They don't have to be the same. Uh, mine always are, but um, and you shoot phaser guns you know pistols and rifles and fight off romulans or klingons or whatever depending on the story but anyway in that game i never see other players unless i go back to earth space dock um now i'll sometimes see other players in the map in the don't don't you see them in on the space part i think i remember there were there were yeah. parts where you could see other ships. You you see them in the space help. part, and then when I 
when I drop into sector space around Earth and am right at space dock, which is a big, the big star base right by Earth, it's sort of the capital city in other games, then there are ships everywhere just parked or maybe warping in, warping out. You know, it, it seems really busy. Um, but as far as like going out and doing the missions, I never see people. Like, I might see somebody else in sector space when I'm warping to the quest destination. But once I drop out of that, I don't know if it's instanced. It probably is. Okay. Um, there's never a chance that another player is going to drop in and help me with my quest, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Well, the I remember... Which is fine. Like, it would be really chaotic if that were the case. Well, I, I remember at the Because it's, it's end very of... much like very goal oriented there right? yeah like that's how that's how star trek is like it was very rare that another ship showed up and helped them right or or if there is another ship i'm interacting with it's an npc yeah um and then but then when i get to um when i met earth stardock uh it's it's the same mmo problem where like there are a bunch of ships nearby and some of them look really weird. You know, I'm in a ship that is just like the uh the Enterprise A from the movies. Okay. And there's somebody comes- next to me who's in a ship that looks like the Enterprise E from Insurrection or whatever. Okay. Except it's gigantic. Like you look at the you look at the um like technical manuals and and things that people have made and you put the original enterprise next to the enterprise D and it's maybe twice the size at most. Right. Okay. Cause the right. galaxy class was huge. The constellation class was big compared to the other ships, but it, you know, the ships got bigger and then like Voyager, the, the intrepid class is the same size as the constellation class. Um, you know, there was a limit to how big they made the ships and the, the sovereign class, which was the enterprise E was a little bigger in length than the galaxy class, but not as wide. Okay. Right. That's more detail than I really needed to get into. But (laughs) in, in this game, I'll be sitting in, you know, what I think of as a normal size starship. There's somebody next to me in a ship that's 10 times the size of mine. And so I'll like I'll click on them and see what information and they're like something something class Kelvin timeline tier six. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's the it's the MMO problem where you have an MMO that's been going for almost 10 years now. I don't know when it started, but at least at least seven years. And you have to keep making the stuff better to keep people playing. Right. Right. And so that that stuff has gotten more and more ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Elder Scrolls has that exact same thing. You you had said earlier about a mammoth walking around, little mammoth. Right. And you're like right. and you're just like, What what are you adding to the game just so people will buy the new pet, you know? That's crazy. Oh Yeah. But can but I, anyway, so, it's So can I ask, how does how does um oh, I don't know, um you say it's only is it cosmetic items or it's, it's 
that you're getting in these boxes? Are they actual like gear gear and stuff? I'm not really sure. Um, I did because I had like $9 worth of credit in my account. I did buy one key and open it. Um, okay. It gave me some kind of currency that I'm not sure what it's for. And a bunch of research material, which is sort of like... It seems to me like crafting systems in other games. Okay. Where like you get your duty officers, which are not the same as your bridge officers. They're like your... Um, there's this system... I always compare it back to Assassin's Creed. Okay. Uh, I want to say Brotherhood, but that might not be the right one. It's this system where you have npcs you have minions under you that you can send on missions yeah and they have they might have levels they might have abilities they have some kind of attribute that it, that affects their chance of success on that mission okay you, you, you with me on that yeah i am i am i mean I the star the star the star wars game that i was talking about that's yeah, they, they put it in um, they put it in WoW in the last expansion, not this one, but the one before. Um, I don't think you played that one, but they had it in one of those Assassin's Creed games and probably several of them after that. They have it in this game. They're your duty officers and you send them to do stuff, you know, test out this experimental shield upgrade attend a diplomatic meeting at here and they take varying amounts of time and you have various levels of uh, percent chance of success based on who you send. And in addition to that, there's a, there's a research system that uses these same duty officers, not all of them, just certain ones um, to like craft weapons for you or craft the components to make weapons, not just yeah. weapons, like ground weapons, is- ship weapons, shields, uh, kits, modules, all, all of those things. But they take varying amounts of time. Actually, those are all pretty fast, like the at least the early level ones. The, sure. I mean, the subcomponents like two days or something. Yeah. The subcomponents take like five seconds and then the actual item takes 15 minutes. Okay. And both of those, the... Um, which I'm assuming you can pay to shorten with real money. Uh, the research stuff you can. Um, it's it's short enough. That kind of stuff I've never been tempted to pay to shorten because I'm like, oh, okay, well I can get these guys going and then I don't have to think about this for ten right. hours or whatever. Right. Sure. Um, that stuff all happens in real time, like a like a mobile game. Um. So. Where, what was the original question you asked? Oh, the, the, <laughs> no, the, the idea of like what kind of things that they're, they're making you pay for. Oh, right, I mean, right, right, right. I mean, a, the, the, a lot of it I, is I cosmetic. Open up, like, yes, uh, cosmetic's fine, I guess, but you want you know, certain, I mean, certain types of ships. The, I was going to say, it, it, do you not, do you not get like, oh, I can't get that cool ship. That's a, you know, galaxy class, you know, machine. That's amazing and powerful unless I open it up in a box. I think that's when you get into Endgame. I think there is a lot of that. Like oh, you that can sucks. get equivalent strength stuff free to play, 
but it takes longer. Mm. Or you maybe have to wait for uh, an event that lets you do that. Uh, so I don't know. I probably won't play it very long. The fact right. that it's free to play and we've been talking about Star Trek a lot and it has me, you know, pumped up on the franchise. Um, well, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing it in that beta time that uh, because of the all of the things you were just describing is that, you know, uh, OK, the big yell everybody has about Star Trek is that it's not combat based. And, and that's true. But when you're playing a video game, not playing a non-combat based thing is not always the most fun, especially in an MMO. Yeah, it's um, very, it's very, I mean, you do like when I, I rolled a Romulan character and I had to go like defuse some bombs and stuff, but right. really most of what it comes down to is ground combat, ground combat, space combat, and however right. they can justify that in the quest text. And, and, and that's fine. I, I, I didn't mind that at all. I mean, some people could argue that like, well, it's not made for this kind of MMO and they made it into this in kind of MMO. And, and I'm not sure. of that line. I'm the, I'm the line that I liked it. I like, I, I like the scenes when they're fighting the Borg and there's tons of, there's tons of, you know, starships everywhere flying and attacking in multiple formations. And then when the saucer section goes from the battle bridge and then the, there's a battle bridge. So there's clearly, this is a ship of war as well. So, right. I mean, that's cool and, and there's no reason why you can't make games based on the that content of stuff there's the klingon war there's you know there's definitely fighting and war in star trek um so i like that i mean i, I love the, the ship combat and i love the ground combat um now now granted you know telltale games could come and make a star trek game and i think it'd be great mm -hmm. i mean and that'd be a whole different conversation there yeah um yeah. but it, it I've, I've downloaded it star trek online since i, I knew you were playing it and I, I am looking forward to playing at least a little bit of that, getting my ship out there. And I loved, I loved literally being able to do the whole, you know, diverting shield, you know, she energy to, to rear shields mm -hmm. yeah. because that was the most tactically thing to do. <laughs> and it was really, really important. And it may, I remember it back then, at least it made a lot of difference between when, what you're putting, when, and, and how you're positioned. Um, right. And that was fun. And now the ground combat felt weird because all of a sudden I was like in a different game. <laughs> and I was I was playing like here's one game and all of a sudden now I'm playing a whole different yeah, game. Yeah, it's it's weird and that's that's probably my biggest kind of complaint slash disappointment is unfortunately it's it's an old game that hasn't had the the resources of a game like WoW. So it's yeah. still it doesn't look great. The the run animations are all little wonky looking, the textures for the hair all look really bad in in 2018 and 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 the worst part about that is that i know that nobody is going to make a new one yeah right you know what you're, i'm you're, saying like you're never going to get another star trek online. it's like when we talked about batman versus superman and like they killed superman right death yeah. of superman was a big you know regardless comic I'm not a comic reader, so right. people called that overrated. I don't know. It's a big deal, regardless, right. overrated or not. Superman, dead. Yes. And you only had one chance to do that on screen in, in the theater. I mean, maybe 50 years from now, somebody can redo it. Right. But not in our lifetimes. Right. Right. I mean... And nobody... Yes. And And by the same token... Nobody is going to make another Star Trek MMO. Yeah. 
I mean, I kind of say yes and no. The reason I say that is I've seen like six different versions of Peter Parker getting his spider powers. So and and the Incredible Hulk turning into the Incredible Hulk. Um, well, yeah, but that's not th- that's not Superman dying. Right. right. I guess you're we've right. we've seen half a dozen Superman origin stories. Um, right. But this not this one. Right. You know. So I, I, I get it, but and, and you're right, especially, but. especially the like Star Trek online where it was only moderately successful at mm-hmm. best. So yeah, this is and it. This unlike, is what you're going to get. And, and unlike a franchise like Star Wars, which there've been at least two Star Wars is much more combat focused. Right. You know, you got swords in space. Like it's a fantasy series. Star Trek is not even a little bit of fantasy series it's barely a sci-fi series yeah well you know it's it's yeah. characters it's stories what we talk well about let, let's transition week. a little bit then okay because this is a that's a really good little transition point here because it maybe it, it you would say a star trek of the past but that's not star trek of the present because <laughs> star trek of the present when you go of the movies and then what i'd love to talk about is the most recent episode of discovery mm. it, it it is very star warsy it's it's 2018. We're we'll f- we're fully off of our morat- moratorium on Star Trek talk, right? And and what we've, we've talked about online, but uh, the yeah, and and I don't we don't need to go like into like hour of talking about it. But um, what'd you think of that last ep- the most current episode, which we're having here in January, which means it's episode ten for everyone here. You know, That's I don't know if it's my perspective has changed. I mean, because in the time since Discovery started. Hey, wait, and, this is completely spoilers, everybody. We're, we're going to spoil yeah, the whole course, thing. Of course. In the time between the show starting and now, um, I watched half, probably not half. I watched 30% of Voyager. I followed this blog post that had a roadmap and highlights of every season, all seven seasons or whatever. Um and we're setting up this Star Trek role-playing game. Like, my perspective on Star Trek has changed in the last two months. Um, so, t- t- take that take that for what it is. <laughs> I I really liked this episode. It was crazy. It, it continues to be very non-Star Trek. It is very non-Star in, Trek. In, in as much as, you know, you can really pin down exactly what Star Trek is. Sure. Um it's not but, your not your father's Star Trek. Yeah, of course. Uh, which is whatever. We don't have to get into that entire concept. <laughs> that's that's a whole topic. Um, Th- this as, one is not a, Gene Roddenberry. Let's put it that way. Right. Not not even a little bit. Um, right. Tons of conflict, interpersonal conflict. Um, but I love the idea that they're bringing in the Terran Empire, which is, you know, a callback all the way to. Um, the original series episode mirror mirror yes the mirror, mirror universe goatee spock goatee spock um they're living in the darkest timeline right exactly it's like uh and and as i was watching it hey wait wait I wait s- let's let's set that up for for some people who's still listening who don't know star trek discovery uh quick setup is that the the discovery is an experimental ship that can uh teleport instantly across t- uh, space and with this alien kind of biological technology uh, a big thing that they did cause them to over 
overload it, so to speak, and they have accidentally jumped to a different universe. Right. So almost the plot line for this entire series seems to be that the discovery is not in the main timeline anymore. It started there and had a, an impact there, but now it's it's kind of uh, the sliders type thing where they've gone off into a different thing. And at this point, we don't know if they're going to continue to jump to different universes in the multiverse, but they are. But right now, what he what Dennis is going to continue talking about is that they have jumped into one universe and they're like, okay, it's completely different than the rest. And I haven't seen every every episode of every Star Trek um, as much of a fanboy as I sound like to our listeners. Um, And so I can't speak to every situation where the the main characters in Star Trek have gone to a parallel world, but this single parallel universe seems very common. Like every time something happens that takes them to a parallel universe, it's this same one where the Federation and the humans are evil. Well, that, that's the most interesting, right? I mean, sure. that's, that's the it's, we're, it's, we're all we're all it, used to the normal thing. Let's it's interesting. You get um, you know, doppelganger mechanics. All the actors get to play very different caricaturized versions of their of their characters like tilly for a week and yeah it's very similar to so far in discovery it's very similar to the arc of mirror mirror where a couple of the characters in this case it's the whole ship um in the original episode it was just a few characters um swap places and so in the main in the main universe the characters that are left, Sulu and um, and a couple of those, like figure out that these aren't their real crewmates and throw them in the brig. Yeah. While in the alternate universe, our versions of the main characters pretend to be evil to fit in and you know figure out how to um, how to get back. You know, there's there's a couple things with this episode that I think that Star Trek crazy crazy star trek guys lost their damn mind about um one of them well there's two one is in a good way and one is a bad way one is that uh they clearly dropped some huge bombs and that um their the disco- their version of the discovery went back into the normal universe so that's kind of like a totally different what is that thing doing over there right now type thing and also um, they mentioned that there was another ship or another, like there's some other disturbance from their universe in this universe that they've detected and they don't know how it got there and they're going to go try to find it. Um, I have a feeling now I may be wrong, but there's an, maybe there's an episode of one of the other Star Trek series where this, where they were kind of alluding to that. Maybe that's like, Oh, there's a, you know, maybe deep space nine had an episode with this. I don't know. Um, but that's the way it felt. It felt like they're, they're doing a little like callback to, Hey, this has happened before. Like they did with the Henry mud or the, the mud thing. Right. Um, and they do that toward the end of, um, toward the end of enterprise where they find a constellation class ship from the future. Yeah. Right. Cause enterprise is set in the early days. Yep. Um, and it's more powerful and all that stuff. It's very, uh, seemingly, heavy fan service yeah um but yeah it's interesting like that idea is interesting to me it was gratifying to see that where i sort of anticipated them going with the spore drive this uh parallel universe 
travel thing came came to be came to fruition yeah um, i was not anticipating the terran empire thing but again i was uh a little further removed from my star trek roots than sure. i am now <laughs> well they, they didn't even have to do that i mean they could have gone into any kind of thing right they it could have they went it right been anything but um of course terran empire was where they were going to go which is interesting because these characters are not as uh nice and civilized as the star trek characters we know no they're ruthless from, from and show, pa- shows and, past like yeah. they're very different right well I, real quick to 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 finish up the thought i had earlier about the two things that that fanboys would go crazy about the sure. other one was that um throughout this whole series clearly the discovery is the most powerful most advanced ship that has happened in any single star trek series ever yeah because because that thing continually outshines every technology that's been shown on any show <laughs> and and when they're little they're little homages to let's change ourselves into bad guys they just like literally change the entire ship in like five minutes oh and yeah like, it's all the, all the things they can do with special effects now that they weren't Right, but but even back do. then, you're like, oh, you mean if they could go out and just change the outside of a ship, why didn't they do that with, you know, in the original series? Or why didn't they just do that in this episode of, you know, The Next Generation? And right. it, I'm sure those guys were losing their damn minds about that. Like, oh, my God, you just can't do that. And, you know, See, they have ships uh, I, and runners. And I and and again, as I said, I only watched highlights of Voyager, but that was sort of my uh sort of mental justification for all of the the stuff that Voyager gets into on their journey and like the fights they get in and you never see the ship it's not like the Galactica in Battlestar Galactica where over time it just becomes more and more beat up yeah right i and love you that. see it That's has good. like big scorch marks on it and stuff right um and there is one uh story arc in Voyager where they go back they reset the time timeline and nobody remembers anything and it's right the ship is fine again but there are plenty of other fights where they do get hit like the the hull is breached and stuff and they fix it somehow they never show you 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 they never show us them fixing it but i just assumed that you know this is a this is a future where they have replicators and yeah they probably they replicate a, a structure for the outside wall. The, or, yeah, they replicate some new, you know, deuterium panels and go out there and weld them on and and everything well, I, is fine. I, I, I did like something. It's just you, like, the, you know, they never show them going to the bathroom or sleeping. <laughs> yeah, where's their bathrooms? Um, I, I will say you you said like it was nice to see that that like thing come to fruition with them jumping universes. You had thought about that. Um, something I found stumbled across online during the break that also seems to be like almost 100% coming to truth is the whole um, modified Klingon guy being the security officer. Oh, um, right, right. So during, during I had read I like that he the, literally said Manchurian candidate. Right. Absolutely. Um, which is funny that that would be, but um, the, so the thing is, is that there's a, there's a, in the first half of the season, there was this, like albino uh klingon who was this special kind of main character mm-hmm. that was a le- uh, I guess religious kind of leader got into it reluctantly but everybody kind of followed him and then he got pushed out by klingons being jerks and sure. and it was just a weird odd thing but he was a main character that was 
now on his own and outcast by himself, but he never really interacted a lot with uh, any other, the other main cast. And then he just kind of disappeared. And he had this, what you might call a girlfriend Klingon as much as Klingons have girlfriend and boyfriends. And uh, so she was clearly in love with him, but that's, that was it. And she was like, I'm always going to be loyal to you. And then they left it. Well, later on in the, in the series, there was um, the captain of the discovery got captured again at the time, seemingly randomly um, just like, Oh, this is just an episode of the show. So they could introduce mud. Right. And that's exactly the the smoke screen that I think that they did on purpose to do. Um, And the actual part of important part of that episode was that in captivity, he found a, another captured Federation officer who helped him escape and they escaped and went off together and and he became a main crew member of the show. And you're thinking, okay, he's got a neat neat backstory. And now he's a, he's a security officer Um, and he becomes a love interest for Michael Burnham. And it's, you know, he's got a thing a part of the show and it was just that's how he introduced him kind of cool well here's the thing offline there has been really some weird things happening with um the casting of the show namely that the the cast the character of that klingon that albino klingon who was supposed to be so important it was kind of very important did not have a cast had they had a cast member assigned to him online and in the cast sheet but that name was completely a false name. There is no I am. There is an IMDb IMDb page that's completely blank. They have no past casting. He was like a phantom. There was not like a real person. Now wait, are you talking about uh, what's that guy's name? J- Jason. J- uh, what's his name? You mean the security guy? Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember his name. I don't remember the actor's name or the the guy's name. I don't remember or the character's name. Or the character's and name. And you're talking about. You're not talking about Takuvma. Takuvma, yes. Takuvma, he doesn't when you look at him on the in the credits, he has he has a name, some kind of a weird like um Polynesian or type name. I can't remember what it was. Okay. Forgive me for being not knowing that. Um Exist. and it, it, yeah, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. <laughs> um so he uh it was just a, an odd name. And when you go look up that actor anywhere online, you can't find anything on him except an IMDB page that's blank. It has nothing on it except okay. says Star Star Trek Discovery. It was just a really odd thing. All the other actors have huge acting things, which that's what you do. Sure. But this guy doesn't. So no one knows Takuma. Who is that actor playing him? And then uh there was another link too. I'm trying to think now, he's not that character isn't dead, is he? See that we never we never know. You never find that out. It's just kind of you leave him as an outcast, and that's all. Yeah, and he's I with, feel like he, I felt like maybe we saw him get martyred. Doesn't Michael? No, he or no, he does not. Captain, no, no, no. There was no. What you see there is what you're thinking of is that there was a guy that ousted him, like the, another Klingon who who kicked him out of power and took over power and st- and stabbed him. Right, like. He has to kill him. He, he did not kill him. He, he okay. got exiled and left on the ship that was all destroyed. Hmm. Remember? Because, because, oh, no, that's right. He did kill him. But his girlfriend, actually, he was, she was like, I want to kill him or something like that and took him away. And she didn't actually right. kill him. Um, and they're seen on the ship and he was being abandoned on this ship. There was like this graveyard ship or whatever all by himself. Oh, and the, so his the, girlfriend was so like, the dominant know, fan theory is that. Lieutenant love interest is actually Takuvma. 
absolutely cuckoo. And and that's backed up by of all sorts of other things in there. I think there's actually, and I gotta I gotta say this carefully because I'm I'm not sure. The almost the dead giveaway, I think, is that um the actors that's playing actor lieutenant love interest guy, uh his name, his actually professional name is not his real name like a lot of actors do. They have got like a sure. different first name or last name. And his real name, like his surname, is the guy that's on that blank IMD page, IMDB page. Hmm. So they're like, oh, if you look and find out what that that actor's real life name is, his last name is the same last name as this guy who's supposed to be playing Takuvma. Um, so the the big theory is that they're the same. They're the same person, and that um, when uh, Lorca got put on that ship and got captured, whose ship was it? It was the Klingon girlfriend's ship. She was, and what was she doing? She was torturing lieutenant love interest and he always alluded that she had a she basically raped him and was having sex with him the whole time so he has he knows that she has a connection and several times she wouldn't kill him and she was helping him kind of escape or helping him along so there's a thing there um that we don't quite understand and now in the it all comes together in this episode 10 where he knows that something's happened to him and he's been modified and there's some kind of brainwashing type thing he thinks going on. She has a connection to him. She's telling him about it. And then he does the big thing that everybody that shocked me for sure is he kills the doctor. So right there. I read also that there is, there is um, back in the original series. I don't know for sure, but it said that there is a, they had had surgical operations done to change races in the original series before. sure yeah there's a there's an original series episode where um kirk and spock and maybe a couple others go undercover as romulans to uh steal their cloaking technology okay i forget the name of that episode but um yeah well and so that so that sets a precedent that this is they could also be setting up um that's one of the rumors for how they get the Klingons to look like original series Klingons, which are just sort of Russian stereotypes. Right. Yeah. Dark, dark skinned dudes with weird mustaches. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, that, that was, that's part of lore and Canon that, that, that they did that, that kind of stuff. Right. And so that, that makes sense that, you know, he, he's trying to infiltrate the Federation and, you know, something, she even said something went wrong with the process, which probably is the brainwashing. She gave the trigger word and it didn't actually trigger him. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that's interesting. That That is an interesting thing to a character who me personally don't have any care for. I don't really care for him very much. I don't get the, right. the Burnham love interest connection. I don't feel chemistry there. So it's like, uh, it's like Ward in season one of S.H.I.E.L.D., Right, right. You're like, man, why does this guy suck so much? And like, oh, because he's been a double agent this whole time. That's why he seems like a bad actor, because he's trying to act like he's acting. (laughs) Right. And that's a good excuse. Uh, I I think that uh, he will be more like the word character. That's a really good analogy. Uh, I think he'll be more interesting as as that. Uh, when he becomes sure, like yeah. full Klingon, half Klingon type thing, and not necessarily become Takuma, because they'll probably keep the actors himself, but have his Klingon personality in there. Um, right. And then maybe they'll even have the 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 girlfriend uh, 
Klingon girl be part of the crew. But I don't know that that whole episode really, I, I, I kind of liked the first half of the season and it, it was kind of growing on me pretty good. And this one just like nailed it for the first time. It did what The Last Jedi couldn't do. And it made me want to watch the next <laughs> one desperately. Yeah, it's like, a strong, it's a strong mid-season opener for sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to watch the next one. I, and stuff happened. You know, every character. I, I think Lorca, the actor, sometimes you see an actor and he he plays a role and he takes normal lines and makes them just interesting by his looks the way he his presence or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the guy who plays Lorca, Captain Lorca does that. I know that when he yeah. stands on that bridge and Tilly is sitting in, in the chair and she does her thing and she does good and it's over. He just looks at her, <laughs> you know, he, the actor doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. He looks at her and she, and she immediately is like, Oh yeah. And you just feel on screen presence that this guy is that role. And Picard had that. You know, I mean, Picard had that that thing, For and, sure. I think, and I think there's Lorca a, has it as well. There's an interesting. Uh, we talked before off air about Deep Space Nine, um, and in the pilot of Deep Space Nine, there's this interaction between Cisco and Picard um, that I did not remember. I'm sure that I've watched that pilot before, um, yeah. but um, I've said I've said before, probably not on the show, but. Um, in our group chats for sure that Patrick Stewart's version of a Christmas Carol is my favorite version of Christmas Carol. Okay. Um, he's, he's very good actor, uh, almost better than many episodes of next generation deserved, uh, as the joke goes. Right. But the, the character arc of Cisco, um, opens describing or showing us his wife's death. Right. Yes. If you recall that at all. I do. Um, yes. She dies at the Battle of Wolf 359. Wow. There's a good memory. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's it's a big... Like, the first time I heard that um, a couple months ago reading about Star Trek Adventures, I was like, what? What is Wolf 359? <laughs> um, and it's assumed that everybody knows that because that's the that's the setup of, um, of Cisco's arc. It's when the Borg assimilate Picard and he becomes Locutus. Right. And they have this big battle, right? Because it's the closest the Borg get to Earth. Yeah. In the main series. Yeah. Uh, story arc. And so when Cisco gets assigned to Deep Space Nine, he's sort of, he's like, he's bordering, he not, he's not really at retirement, but he's like, he's a single father and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be way out here on the frontier. Uh, yeah. In the middle of all this bajoran cardassian drama and he has to go to the enterprise and meet with picard but he's never met picard in person but he's seen locutus on the view screen like attacking him right right and that was the day that his wife died so he doesn't have that good impression and and so he's he's sort of harboring these these uh these feelings against picard that he can't you know they don't really go into it. It's all handled in, in dialogue and expressions. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that, that's just, that's acting good. Right. Acting, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and it's I interesting. Think... It's a, it's a, like Picard is harsher to him. Um, than than we're used to seeing him. Cause he's right. like, after they find the wormhole and, and move deep space nine, he, he goes to, he meets with Picard again. And he's like, remember I said, you know, 
that I might not want a post like this, like just disregard my previous imp card is like, you know, are you, are you sure? Because Starfleet doesn't need, um, a wussy doesn't, doesn't need a commander out here that isn't committed. Like however he says it, I forget how he says it, but it's this a little bit cold kind of, you know, Admiral Adama kind of line, like, like, okay, that's the opposite of what you said before. What, uh, what's going on? Cause we don't, we don't need a flip flopper out here. <laughs> You're right. Well, the, yeah. the, uh, the actors on discovery, I, I have a lot of hope for him, uh, except for Lieutenant love interest. He's about the only one I think that's I'm iffy on acting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other ones feel either solid or their season one of all the other series is kind of actors that, that they have some ideas of their characters and their roles and they're just starting to get into them. And then when we get into season two or three or whatever it might be, I have a feeling they're just going to start getting more and more comfortable and becoming those characters are going to, they're going to grow into them. I think Tilly is one of those that's, that's becoming, uh, it still feels like a really small cast for a star Trek. It does. It does. Cause not a lot of them have, have parts. Um, the, the, the first officer, I like that he's first officer. I want him to stay first officer. I don't want Burnham to be, I don't mm-hmm. want that main character to be anything more than what she is because she's awesome and she's great and she sh- should fit in that role and give like, you know, the other guys a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say to, to not belabor Star Trek much more, I will say, and <laughs> I'd like to know what you think, um, that I would recommend this series to any person to watch that's a science fiction fan. I would not have to say you have to be a Star Trek fan to watch this and it would be enjoyable. I, I think if you're a huge Star Trek fan, it's actually harder to watch. Really? I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but sure. Um, you know, if you go into it with all of these ex- expectations of what Star Trek is or isn't and should or should not be, um, you're going to have a harder time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it's not like that. It's just like we talked about at length with Last Jedi. Now, La- Last Jedi wouldn't even work if you didn't know anything about Star Wars, but if right. you if you are just a person that likes sci-fi if you really loved um bsg and i don't know something else i've never i mean something i've never seen like just sci-fi genres like yes star right right um and any of those like it's pretty good so far storytelling and 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 world building yeah and and special effects for a, a network show are spot on i mean they're they're used appropriately done well I, I mean, it, it helps to have some broad stroke ideas about um, who who and who and what Klingons are, who and what Starfleet is, who and oh, what sure, the sure. Federation is. Um, sure. But, but I, I have a beyond that, that, that it's so different. Like, you know, there. I mean, I guess there's there's some stuff with Sarek and Vulcans, but it doesn't really. You know, those are sort of side plots. Yeah, and and I think you don't need to understand. They're not going to. You don't need to understand that stuff because it's all fairly well explained in the episode where you need to understand it. Yeah, and and if they're going to be multiverse jumping, then you don't need to know matters even about all that, right? At all. Uh, So yeah, it's it's pretty good. I'm I'm excited about it. I I like it, and I like that they're they're their own thing, and it's totally cool. Um, Yeah, so it's good stuff. Hey, before we go, we don't have much time left here, but I was. I know you had sent me a couple of links to to look at some movies that are coming up in TV shows that are yeah, really well, we interesting. Said, we said at the bottom of the show last week uh, that we should talk about some trailers. You said 
Infinity War, and I assume you meant Black Panther. What do you mean? Like new, new no trailers? Cause, no, because there's a trailer for Infinity War. Well, yeah, yeah, but that was months ago. It wasn't. It was like well, Black Panther December. was months ago, and Infinity War. Actually, I think the the fir- the first place it actually played besides online was at Last Jedi. So Infinity that was, War. Yeah, so it was like December eighteenth. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess it was. Right. I so, saw. Well, I first saw the Black Panther trailer, um, before Jumanji. So that was more recent. Oh no! Yeah, Black Panther trailer was out like September, if not more further than that. Oh, I mean, it's been out yeah. for a long while. Maybe these are new trailers. I don't yeah, know. they've got. They, they've got. They've they got, showed up like on IMDb as new trailers, and I was like, yeah. oh, maybe this they've is got, a new trailer. They've got two about. of them, I think, out right now. And they're both pretty good. They're both great trailers. Um, so, yeah. Um, no, but I, I was I, talking more. I liked Infinity War was something that's amazing and cool. And I, yeah. I, I don't think we have time to go into to the hairball of that mess. We could, we could literally have a half a show on that. Um, ha- <laughs> happily, happily would you, be. You, you can. I don't know that I have. <laughs> right, right. I, I said, talk with my daughter and I talked about it for like 45 minutes yesterday. So maybe another day. But what, one Panther, of my family though, members asked me in real life what what the deal is with the with the infinity stones or the gauntlet uh-huh. or I don't, yeah. i'm sure they didn't say gauntlet because you just get a picture of it right and uh and I, I gave them both pieces of information i have that i i gave when we had fox on we were talking about this yeah um, well that the uh it's only it's only really you if you there's it's funny it's such an important thing and how big they are to the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's only one movie at one time that talks about them and says everything there is to know about them. And that's in uh, the original Guardians of the Galaxy. They, he, right. they, get, they get one of the stones and there's uh, um, Benico del Toro, Benicio, Benicio del Toro, mm-hmm. says, says uh, he, his collector describes to them the, the Infinity Stones and he tells them all. And he tells the whole story and shows how powerful are. And then there's an immediate demonstration of just a fraction of the power. So if you missed that one, which most people have not, but if you missed it, you have no idea what the deal is with these things. Right? They're just disparate things that are in in the different movies. Um, but anyway, moving on from that one, Black Panther looks, I, I did say back at many, many episodes ago with Fox, like maybe even episode, our third episode. That was episode well, three. Yeah. Yeah. Was, um, Black Panthers. Well, which there, there you go. That's there was a trailer out for Black Panther back then, so that tells you how long ago it was. Okay. Um, that so this one's new, w- right? Um, that was that's still my most eager movie to watch. Most this year. anticipated. Yeah, I mean, granted, Infinity War clearly is, but that's I, the one I. I watch. leaned over to uh, to Andrew when we were watching that trailer before Jumanji, and I said, uh, I said, you know, it's it's about time. One of these MCU movies got some good hip hop. <laughs> it does too. It's got that trailer. Hopefully, that's the rest of the whole movies like that. I mean, it's it's. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure that somebody somewhere has a problem with that because they're third world country uh, um, black people and not African American right. urban sure. black people. But I, and, I, they, I and they're know. not third it, world country. They're like zero world country. They're super advanced by the way that oh, it's, there's there's a line in the trailer that it's they they appear third world oh yes to, they appear third world the that's, 
that's their that's their that's their thing um, right but i don't know it's it's i have i have great hopes for the bad guy in that one okay. um i do just because of the trailers and the scenes and the actor they look like they're 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 very cool very passionate very in it they've got a lot of emotion and acting happening there and their their characters are tied to the main characters in a very uh natural and important way so it's not like big bad of every other marvel show except loki who is just the big bad of the day this guy mm -hmm. in black panther is part of all of the whole story he's he's intertwined with the good guys and uh, and everything else so okay. that that's i'm really hopeful for that and that's what we all know that that's what marvel is missing in a lot of stuff um so hopefully this will be good. I'm, I don't know. Just talk about really excited. Uh, what else we got? What else did we get to watch to, to see? Um, for trailers? Did, did you watch the trailer for Krypton? I did, you know, just recently. Like, I, I mean, didn't even realize that thing was coming out. I, I never heard of that. It's just like Marvel's doing the same thing. It's like, I feel like every other week or so, I, I see a trailer or a Hulu listing or what for some new comic book show that I, I'd never even heard of. I'm like, right. And this isn't obscure. It's Superman storyline yeah well I, I to tangent just a small little bit there on that one um that was the way with marvel for a while especially with the netflix shows was that you know what the heck who is this uh luke cage guy and who the heck right. is iron fist and you know barely no daredevil as it is and now you're jessica jones this makes no sense and they're just constantly putting these out and then another one too in another season and you're like where are these coming from out of left field and then they had uh iron fist and then they had defenders and then all of the wind went out of the sails. It's like, now <laughs> I don't hear anything about anything. You know, you're just not seeing headlines about, Ooh, a new daredevil or, I mean, Punisher was about it, but those it's like those two shows single-handedly have knocked this, knocked the wind out of everything for Marvel with Netflix. Right. Um, so that's, that's terrible. It's um, like they started a whole big project and they made them, you know, cause Netflix, releases them all at once so they were probably you know like they made daredevil the first season and that was good and then while they were working on that they or you know whatever it's like yeah. they aired it and made it all at once and then defenders was such a flop that they couldn't get funding to do more or maybe well, they're working on more and we just haven't heard anything about it yeah maybe know. but the uh and you got to think about these kind of shows with netflix dropping them all at once is that it's it's not like they're i mean they're making them all at once and they have and they release them all at once so it's it's like making a motion picture movies you know, yeah you yeah have i mean actors we, back to back to we, back we've talked about this on the show but it really changes the way that the fans and the viewers interact with your with your um property right well bringing this back over to krypton i i i will say while i like the trailer um my first comments were, oh, CW is getting a new Krypton. Oh, wait, no, this is sci-fi? Okay, so it's just CW star Superman on on sci-fi. Matter on of fact, sci yeah, matter of fact, the, the guy that's playing Superman's grandpa or whatever, for a second there, just for a moment, I thought that that was the actual actor that played Superman in like <laughs> that when he was young Superman or whatever it was on oh, CW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, what's happening here? Uh I don't know. It could it could be interesting. I, I have a little misgivings about it because, if I'm not mistaken, this Kryptonians sci weren't. Sci-Fi Channel has has made some pretty lame stuff. Oh, terrible shows! Just terrible shows. I mean, granted, they had they made Stargate as well, and that was 
pretty good, but it was campy. I mean, too. I mean, they made BSG. Like, oh, they did. You're right, they did. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, but well, plenty of plenty of CW level sci-fi. Plenty of shows. Yeah. Well, the uh, I, I yeah, and I don't know what what they can do here. Uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe that the Kryptonians themselves were super powered beings. They Superman is powered and gets his power from the yellow sun. From the sun, yeah. And, and they if, have a if, red sun. If you don't I know, think. I certainly don't know, but that's my understanding as well. It's the right. It's the interaction of our sun's radiation with their with his uh, biochemistry. Right. And and they don't have that. And in, and at any point and any time you've ever seen any Kryptonians to my knowledge in the comic books is but also in the movies, all the movies, when you show Krypton, they're not flying around. They're not like holding up big buildings and no, saving they have the technology. They have technology, right. They're an advanced civilization. But that's not them. So you're going to be watching a whole show. It's a sci-fi show, but it's not going to be a Superman show with superpowers. It's going to be alien politics. Alien politics and technology, um, which, okay, sure. You know, it, it, I'll tell you this much. Just that trailer looked 500 times better than the Inhumans trailer or show ever did. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I will admit I, I like the Inhumans, but I never watched the show. I never at all not once because it looked so terrible um so i i have on the list here uh wrinkle in time though i never read it so i don't know how much conversation we can really have about that um i, I, I was i was gonna have you summarize it for me but i don't think we have time well i don't i don't really have a summarize here because i, I read it in sixth grade and i don't remember anything about it I, the only thing i remember is what the trailer shows is that this little girl lost her father he was researching some kind of uh new science so, type thing so and you read this when you were in school sixth grade oh wow yeah i thought so, it was something new no no it's a it's an old book okay um so and my daughter is reading it now in school um hmm. but yeah that that's the that was the what i remember the plot is that it's uh you know there's he got caught and discovered like a new dimension he's a scientist then disappeared and then right. his kid figures out because she's also really smart finds out that this is a thing and then so she jumps into different dimensions and it was a it's a very cool sci-fi book from a kid because it's it's exploring multiple universes that are different than our own mm -hmm. so being able to see that on a big screen with visuals in today's age of technology and science that's, you know the special effects can pull it off that's kind of cool and the trailers are showing that kind of cool stuff and it's very promising have you seen um i'm going to go back to sci-fi for a minute here have you seen or heard of a show called The Magicians? Mm, I want to say no. I want to say it's, no. It's on Netflix now. It's um. Who's in it? Nobody. Okay. Uh, if you were going to say Noah Wiley, I was going to be like, oh, ugh. <coughs> It'd be like the librarians or something. But. No, no. This is, it's based on a book or possibly series of books. I'm not sure. Um, so imagine if you made harry potter with kids in their 20s or college age maybe late college uh so the magic exists and all of that except also you wanted to tell the story of narnia ex <laughs> except narnia is more like um the the ancient celtic ideas of the fae okay that's a quite a quite of a mix up there so their their version of Narnia is is pretty crappy. Okay. 
Um, it's very, uh, like I said, CW quality. It's it's pretty trashy, but kind of entertaining in a dumb way. I don't know. And that's similar to this this the, one. The, you think the parallel world thing talking about Wrinkle in Time made me think of it. Okay, well the. It, it does look it does look fun. I know that my kids looking forward to it. I look for it for nostalgic reasons. I think it'll be uh, a level of a, fam- a good family affair and, and fun. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Hey, uh, another one that I saw that's not sci-fi based, but I think you had mentioned it before. Um, Red Sparrow. Okay, yeah. Jennifer that, Lawrence. Yes. So my comment on that one is that... Um, Looks like you waited too long, Marvel. This is the Black Widow movie. That's what this is. You know, if if someone had simply oh, said, "Oh, interesting." Said, I mean, yeah, it totally is. I mean, some if somebody had said, "Oh my God, Black Widow is such an interesting character. She's so got so many good stories. Her background, her where she came from, how she is who she is, and that needs to happen." And now we are, you know, what ten years on in Marvel worlds or whatever it is, and they still haven't even got one in the pipeline and somebody said you know what i'm gonna stink and make that movie i'm just not gonna call it black widow i'm gonna call it red sparrow and it's gonna be about that because already the trailer just has so many echoes to to that hell um natasha romanoff which is the black widow Mm -hmm. uh, she was in russia and was a ballerina and they took they forced her into this program called um like it was a place called the red room so the red sparrows and the red room, it's the same thing. And she's an assassin hmm. that has a, that has a heart type thing. Right. You know? So yeah, it, it looks great. I mean, it looks great. And now that they do it, you're not going to see a black widow movie because it's what yeah, it no. is. Yeah. And that's unfortunate for Natasha, but I don't know. Did you like it? What'd you think? It looks interesting. I'm, I'm not a huge Jennifer Lawrence fan, but okay. um, it looks from the trailer, it has the same tone as like a as like a Bourne movie. Yeah, it does. It does, right? Um, what what what's the movie? I mean, what what did it for you for Jennifer Lawrence that made you like? Oh, I really don't like her. Which movie was it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, just in general, she she probably suffers a little bit from the from the ridiculous hype that the Hunger Games series had. Sure, uh, I listened to those audiobooks and they started out cliche and just got worse (laughs) yeah um ending is awful it's like nobody is really interested in the story of rebuilding the republic after you overthrow the empire right right? it's boring politics it's not a fantasy adventure story (laughs) yeah right well the the uh and 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 she was part of that whole hype like she was an unknown Mm -hmm. she was you know a a leading female character who is not uh is not stereotypically attractive okay i'm not saying she's unattractive but not in the same way as like the girl from jumanji would be the okay. lead in a in a oh, normal sure uh young adult f- female uh heroine right character well, the I think Jennifer Lawrence was is is always been fine for me, but very hit or miss. I mean, she's got some good shows that she's in. I think Joy was pretty good, um, mm-hmm. but but the, and I like Silver Linings Playbook. I think she did good in that one. But then again, she does uh, Passengers, and she's just like one of the worst things about that show. And not just because of her writing; it was just she was not very good. 
you know, who knows? That could be a bad time in her life or whatever. But yeah, it's just you know that's why I say overrated. Like I don't think she's bad. It just most of her performances I've seen her, she's kind of uh, her acting is a little flat, and yeah. there was just so much hype around her that I was like, uh, can we can right. we dial this back a little bit? All right. Um, so yeah, those are some good ones that are coming up and we are in 2018 and sadly for me being a huge movie, movie goer, this is the worst time of the, <laughs> of the time because we, there's not very many shows out right well, now and I'm looking now's your to chance to go catch up on, I don't know, whatever, all the shows, all the shows, right. Or, or whatever's on Netflix that, uh, that you haven't seen. Oh, I still got, uh, was it Longmire that you, that you had recommended? I need to it's, watch that. It's pretty good. We're rewatching that with my youngest sister who's never seen it. And the, right. the rest so, of us, the rest of us have all seen it at least once. And my parents have seen it two or three times. And I'm still, so I'm almost, go ahead. We're, uh, we're starting episodes and as, as plot points get revealed, we're like, oh yeah, this guy is <laughs> that guy. And my sister's like, will you guys stop? Stop doing that. We're, well, we're not giving anything away, but she just gets tired of the right the, the well, sounds of realization. I'm working my still working my way through Community right now. I'm, sitting, I'm on season oh, yeah. four, so that's, I'm pretty excited about that. That's great. So um, you're probably past the. I think it's like in late season two, where some of the episodes get real weird. They all get there's like, several that get so they weird. Do a, the guy's mind is crazy. So they do a uh, they do a Law and Order episode. Yes, saw that one. Which is yeah. which is amazing and hilarious. Yes, and they're all and have then different parts. Almost right after that, it's like every episode has some weird gimmick like that. Oh yeah. And I'm like, like after the, video like the, game third, one? the third or fourth one where I'm like, oh, God, can okay. I we, it was or, cool at first, but I'm exhausted now. <laughs> right. It just never stops something new. Uh and you don't know what's real. Where, where are we at? What's happening? You yeah. Know? Well, the, yeah, and then they did, like, I, I just went through the whole, like, uh, Chang taking over and replacing the Dean and, like, what is happening in this this mm-hmm. show? Um, and, of course, they the guys from the Darkest Timeline come back over. And, and, and my favorite one so far has definitely <laughs> been when they're all video, playing a, a name or a video game type MMO thing. And it's their half. The, most of the show is just a little old 8-bit video game. It's awesome. Um, oh, anyway, is that for for Pierce's inheritance? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. which was great. Um, so anyway, uh, where can they go? Where can people go to, to find more information about us and give us some good emails for our? You can uh, go to our website. It is frontporchpodcast.com slash two one. It's episode twenty one. Twenty one. Lots of uh, some good email spots on there. Give us a give us a shout out. Tell us what we should talk about. What we should think. Yeah. Uh, yep. Tell us what we're doing right and what we're doing right wrong, and we'll feed that right into this. C- correct all of our false uh, uh, interpretations and oh, fan God. theories. And... We have tons of them, and I and I actually love hearing people say, "Oh, that's wrong" or "That's wrong," and then yeah, yeah. I, I need to do a, a compile several of those and then come back and say, "Okay, we were wrong here. This is what it was," and just do like an off air side podcast, just you know supplemental right, our right. corrections <laughs> but that's okay well until next time i'm michael daniels and i'm dennis rogers for the front porch good night everybody good night